0: Section thirty six of a book of sibyls by Anne Thackeray Ritchie. The Sleeper Fox recording is in the public domain. Jane Austen, part four. Mr. Austen died at Bath, and his family removed to Southampton. In eighteen eleven, Mrs. Austen, her daughters, and her niece settled finally at Chawton, a house belonging to Jane's brother, Mr. Knight. He was adopted by an uncle whose name he took, and from chawton all her literary work was given to the world sense and sensibility pride and prejudice were already written but in the next five years from thirty-five to forty she set to work seriously and wrote mansfield park emma and persuasion anyone who has written a book will know what an amount of labor this represents one can picture to oneself the little family scene which jane describes to cassandra pride and prejudice just come down in a parcel from town the unsuspicious miss b to dinner and jane and her mother setting to in the evening and reading aloud half the first volume of a new novel sent down by the brother unsuspicious miss b is delighted jane complains of her mother's too rapid way of getting on though she perfectly understands the characters herself she cannot speak as they ought upon the whole however she says i am quite vain enough and well satisfied enough this is her own criticism of pride and prejudice the work is rather too light and bright and sparkling it wants shade it wants to be stretched out here and there with a long chapter of sense if it could be had if not of solemn specious nonsense about something unconnected with the story an essay on writing a critique on walter scott or the history of bonaparte and so jane austen lives quietly working at her labor of love interested in her own darling children's success the light of the home one of the real living children says afterwards speaking in the days when she was no longer there she goes to london once or twice once she lives for some months in hans place nursing a brother through an illness here it was that she received some little compliments and messages from the prince regent to whom she dedicated emma he thanks her and acknowledges the handsome volumes and she laughs and tells her publisher that at all events his share of the offering is appreciated whatever hers may be we are also favored with some valuable suggestions from mr clark the royal librarian respecting a very remarkable clergyman he is anxious that miss austen should delineate one who should pass his time between the metropolis and the country something like beatty's minstrel entirely engaged in literature and no man's enemy but his own failing to impress this character upon the authoress he makes a fresh suggestion and proposes that she should write a romance illustrative of the august house of coburg it would be interesting he says and very properly dedicated to prince leopold to which the authoress replies i could no more write a romance than an epic poem i could not seriously sit down to write a romance under any other motive than to save my life and if it were indispensable for me to keep it up and never relax into laughing at myself or other people i am sure i should be hung before the first chapter there is a delightful collection of friends suggestions which she has put together but which is too long to be quoted here she calls it plan of a novel as suggested by various friends all this time while her fame is slowly growing life passes in the same way as in the old cottage at chawton aunt jane with her young face and her mob cap makes playhouses for the children helps them to dress up invents imaginary conversations for them supposing that they are all grown up the day after a ball one can imagine how delightful a game that must have seemed to the little girls she built her nest Did this good woman happily weaving it out of shreds and ends and scraps of daily duty patiently put together and it was from this nest that she sang the song bright and brilliant with quaint thrills and unexpected cadences that reaches us even here through near a century the lesson her life seems to teach us is this don't let us despise our nests life is as much made of minutes as of years let us complete the daily duties let us patiently gather the twigs and the little scraps of moss of dried grass together and see the result a whole completed and coherent beautiful even without the song we come too soon to the story of her death and yet did it come too soon a sweet life is not the sweeter for being long jane austen lived years enough to fulfill her mission she lived long enough to write six books that were masterpieces in their way to make a world the happier for her industry one cannot read the story of her latter days of her patience her sweetness and gratitude without emotion there is family trouble we are not told of what nature she falls ill her nieces find her in her dressing-gown like an invalid in an armchair in her bedroom but she gets up and greets them and pointing to seats which had been arranged for them by the fire says there is a chair for the married lady and a little stool for you caroline but she is too weak to talk and cassandra takes them away at last they persuade her to go to winchester to a well-known doctor there it distressed me she says in one of her last dying letters to see uncle henry and william knight who kindly attended us riding in the rain almost the whole way we expect a visit from them to-morrow and hope they will stay the night and on thursday which is a confirmation and a holiday we hope to get charles out to breakfast we have had but one visit from him poor fellow as he is in the sick-room god bless you dear e if ever you are ill may you be as tenderly nursed as i have been but nursing does not cure her nor can the doctor save her to them all and she sinks from day to day to the end she is full of concern for others as for my dearest sister my tender watchful indefatigable nurse has not been made ill by her exertions she writes as to what i owe her and the anxious affection of all my beloved family on this occasion i can only cry over it and pray god to bless them more and more one can hardly read this last sentence with dry eyes it is her parting blessing and farewell to those she had blessed all her life by her presence and her love that love which is beyond death and of which the benediction remains not only spoken in words but by the ever-present signs and the tokens of those lifetimes which do not end for us as long as we ourselves exist they asked her when she was near her end if there was anything she wanted nothing but death she said those were her last words she died on the eighteenth of july eighteen seventeen and was buried in winchester cathedral where she lies not unremembered End of Section thirty six End of a Book of Sibyls Mrs Barbold, Miss Edgeworth, Mrs. Opie, Miss Austin by Anne Thackeray Ritchie.